1: Good morning, good morning, good morning, my friends. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning, my friends, on this Saturday morning. I hope that you are ready to dive into the Word of God. I know there's a lot that's been going on, so I know there's a lot we'll be discussing today. And um, as we, you know, wake up to another day knowing that You know, there are other areas in the world struggling worse than you and I right now. We wake up, we have an opportunity to still go forward. And other people waking up today to war, destruction, displacement, without homes, and losing loved ones. So my friends, um, I hope that you can look at today as another day of purpose for your life if you've had the opportunity to wake up and just go about today. Uh, We want to keep the people in the Ukraine in our prayers um, considering what's going on over there and you know it's kind of like a reminder to us about prophecy and what the word of God says. So it should be of no surprise to us that this is happening. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Christ, and you have been following the word, this should not be a surprise to you. But for those who may not know God's word and prophecy, um, you're probably questioning and wondering why is this happening? Uh, And as we just really rely on the Lord to guide us during this time, I just recommend that you go into God's Word and start reading it. This Word gives us so much knowledge and power. It's amazing and it gives us revelation, gives us insight to God's heart and His, and his Word and what He wants us to know and do with it. So my friends, we are going to continue today in the book of Zechariah. We just started the chapter last week. And we're going to continue the chapter, because uh, Zechariah has, you know, several chapters. So we're going to be in this book for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and um, if you have an opportunity to go back, read Zechariah chapter 1, starting in verse 1. We, lo- we left off last week in verse 11. And just to do a recap, you know, God is... Um, presented himself to Zachariah, and um, Zachariah, uh, who's a prophet and a priest, um, he uh, started to be spoken to, spoken by God, and um, God started to give him some visions, and these visions meant specific things of what was happening and what was to come. And for those of you who understand about dreams and visions, God, this is one way that God speaks to us. And he speaks to us in a way that is powerful through these visions. And we should never take it lightly, a vision or a dream that God gives us. We should write it down, meditate on it, ask the Lord to reveal it to us, to explain it to us, so that we get a better understanding because God will always give us dreams to prepare us for a future and to prepare us in the moment of the things we might have to do because of the things in life that might be coming our way. So my friends, we're going to start in verse 12, and this is what Zechariah chapter 1 verse 12 says, Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long Will you not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah, against which you were angry these 70 years? And the Lord answered the angel who talked to me with good and comforting words. So the angel who spoke with me said to me, Proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great zeal. I am exceedingly angry with the nations at ease, for I was a little angry, and they helped, but with evil intent. Therefore thus says the Lord, I am returning to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in. In it, says the Lord of hosts, and a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. Again proclaim saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, my cities shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and will again choose Jerusalem. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word because we know that your word is true. And in, especially in the book of Zechariah with these dreams and visions that he has was given back then, we can hear of the conversation of these dreams and visions and apply it to our lives today. Father, I know that you have blessed many of us as believers with the gift of prophecy and you have blessed many of us with the gift of receiving visions and dreams from you from heaven. Dreams that could be a warning dream, dreams that could be something that's coming in the future, dreams that could prepare us for the worst and dreams that also celebrate who you are in our lives and what you are doing next. So we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. My friends, you know, we had left off last week where Zachariah had been visited by um, some horses, right? And we had spoken about the different colors of what the horses represented. And in the end of the scripture that we discussed, We left it off saying that, you know, we should be beacons of light, just like the horses going through and entering, uh, you know, this earth, encouraging people, spreading the good news, Jesus' love, mercy and grace, and the relationship that we can have with him to have um, peace in our lives. That doesn't mean that challenges may not come our way. But there's nothing more beautiful than surrendering our lives over to Christ and asking him for his guidance and following his lead so that we can have everyday purpose in our lives. And as we thought about that and spoke about that last week, now the angel of the Lord who was on that horse with the other horses comes out and um. Said these things to Zechariah. Then the angel of the Lord, because Zechariah had asked um, specific questions, and uh, then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah? against which you were angry these 70 years. So let's think about that timeline, 70 years. So 70 years primarily was the time that God had decreed for Israel to remain in captivity. Because, you know, God will always set things up accordingly. He is in control of everything. And when the children of Israel and the community of Israel had gone by the wayside, were committing sin, were worshiping other idols, had fully turned away from God, totally dismissed Him, disregarded Him, and were doing their own thing, God made sure to get a hold of them by making sure that they would have to go through something in their lives to then have to turn right back to him. And he had set up that Israel would be in captivity for 70 years. Now that is a very long time. And for God, when we think of time that's really nothing. That's not really long. But for us as human beings, we feel that is a very long time because it's a generation that can come and go during those 70 years, which of course, generations did come and go within those 70 years. And one thing that we have to remember is that God, sometimes, my friends, will have us in places to protect us, to keep us still, to have us thinking of how we could have gone about things differently. And in being in captivity for 70 years, you become very limited to what you can do, what you have access to, because the person you're under captivity has more power over you and can oppress you and can limit your lifestyle, can tell you and control you and tell you what to do, can watch every move that you make. And in these 70 years, there was a lot of suffering, A lot of people died, but there was also a lesson in this captivity and for those who truly believed in the Lord and have faith in the Lord, whether they were going to see it in their time or not, but they believed for their future generation to see it in their time where they would no longer be captives under captivity and when the angel of the lord answered and said o lord of hosts how long will you not have mercy in jerusalem and on the cities of judah against which you were angry these 70 years he's asking that question because he's really asking god how long are you going to stay angry with the people how long for 70 years And the Lord answered and the angel who talked to me with good and comforting words. So the angel who spoke with me and said to me, proclaim saying, thus says the Lord of hosts. Now, Zechariah is listening to this whole conversation. He's part of the conversation. And he's very aware, Zechariah, of the captivity that the Israelites dealt with for many years. And basically, the angel of the Lord is really asking the Lord of hosts, which is our heavenly father, God, he's really asking, you know, when is this going to end? Has this already come to a fulfillment? When can the people be set free? When can they see freedom? And because time had passed so much the angel really asked God to please act swiftly to complete the promised return of his people to Jerusalem. And then when we see that The Lord answers the angel who spoke with him and spoke to Zechariah. When it says here with good and comforting words, we have to understand that God, when he speaks to us, he does speak to us with good and comforting words. When he knows that we're asking questions, when we have been waiting for a long time to see a result, change from something we have been enduring, God will speak to us in a good and comforting way, my friends. Because he loves us and he has compassion for us. And he knows what he was in control of and what happened. And he knows your details in your life, my friends. God knows right now everything that you're struggling with. He knows everything that you have endured. He knows everything that you've had to face in your life. He knows the hurts and the wounds that you have in your heart. And he knows the heaviness that you have. And when he talks to you, my friend, even with all this going on in your life, it could be chaotic, whatever the case might be, our Heavenly Father will come and give us good and comforting words. He will speak with us in a loving way. And he'll tell us things and explain things to us, just like a good father does to his children or a good mother does to her children. And then, these are the words of good and comfort. He says, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great zeal. I am exceedingly angry with the nations at ease, for I was a little angry, and they helped but with evil intent. So God is saying here that He was zealous for Jerusalem. And when someone says that they're zealous for Jerusalem, that means that. Even though God's people had lived under his judgment for 70 years during their captivity in Babylon. He wanted to make it clear that the reason he was doing what he was doing is because he had a great promise that he was giving to us during this time. Because as I saw earlier, when you're in captivity of some sort, when you're in oppression of some sort, you should even become more of a praying warrior, meditating on the Lord, worshiping your heavenly father, seeking his face deeply, going on your knees for the for the knowledge and revelation and the sustaining That you need in your life because of captivity or oppression. We're in the United States of America, my friends, but many people are still captives here of so many things. We have a liberty here like nowhere else, but many people still find themselves in captivity. Whether that is something that they're caught up with that they're not supposed to be, or they're being oppressed in relationships or they're being oppressed in their jobs, or they're just being oppressed because of much mental things that are happening in their mind. But when we set our focus, my friends, on our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father sustains us because He spoke words of comfort and assurance Now, during this time, and then during that time, God promises that when we return to Him, He will heal us. So even though we might be under a captivity because God wanted to get a hold of us, He wanted to stop us in our tracks. That's why He allowed the Babylonians to take control. Of the people because they were doing wrong. They were committing sin. And God said, I've got to get a hold of my people somehow because I'm losing them by the wayside. And how he allowed it to happen, which I've spoken about this before. Sometimes when God wants to get a hold of us, we're thinking he's going to do it one way, but he does it a different way. Even if it oppresses us, even if we fall into captivity, because he wants us to stop doing what we're doing. We have to face punishment. We have to face judgment from God. The person who judges is God. But he's also a merciful God who loves us. And as long as we stop in our tracks and we stop doing the wrong things that we're doing and we surrender it all to him, he will then heal us because we return to him genuinely to surrender our lives to him, Mm -hmm. to ask for forgiveness and to go forward to fulfill what he's actually called us to do. My friends, if you feel wounded or torn by the events of your life, turn to God so He can heal and comfort you. Many people today are walking around saying, I don't know what's happening to me. I don't know why this is occurring. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I don't know why this is happening. And many times is because we haven't fully given ourselves over to the Lord. We haven't fully surrendered. And God wants us to be fully surrendered to Him. And even if you're saying to yourself, Well, Antonia, I haven't turned away from the Lord. I haven't dismissed him. I still pray every day. I still seek his face. I still fall on my knees. I still read my word. I still worship and praise. I I still follow his, you know, his commandments. I'm still going through a struggle still anyway. Well, my friends, I'm here to tell you that following Jesus Christ is the best thing you could ever do in your life. It just does not... Uh, keep you from not experiencing or having challenges in your life or things that might come your way that you weren't expecting it's just that because you have now Christ in your life in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit in your soul, when these things do happen to you, you will have a different attitude about it you will look at things differently and you will surrender all of those issues And circumstances and situations over to your Heavenly Father. Because He'll give you a peace about it. There's nothing more than being in a chaotic situation. And God's peace is in your heart. Even though you're in the midst of it. Because He will protect you. He will have you in the palm of His hand. And... What God ultimately wants us to do is turn to Him so He can heal and comfort us. So, my friends, it's not always the easiest things for some people to do because some people just do not want to let go of what they've been holding on to that is not of God. We have to wake up every day, my friends, and we have to say to ourselves, "Lord, where am I today we have to ask ourselves that question. Where am I today in the relationship with you? Am I slacking in my relationship with you? Am I not giving you my time? Because we all have friends. We have family, we have friends, and we give our family and friends, and most of the time our friends, a lot of our time. We can be on the phone with them for hours. We can go for coffee breaks with them. We can go have dinner. We can go to a movie. We can go wherever and spend hours with our friends like nothing. But do we take those same type of hours and spend it with our Heavenly Father? Do we seek him every day? Do we have that heart-to-heart talk with him so we could hear his word clearly of what he wants to do in our lives? My friends, being under captivity is not a good thing. But if you find yourself there, If you find yourself under captivity, if you find yourself under oppression, if you find yourself in a situation that's a really hard one, stay focused on your Heavenly Father because He will get you through it. And He will make sure you come out on the other side. But you have to be proactive as well. In that situation, and say, Lord, I surrender these things to you. I surrender my life. I turn away from my sin. I ask for forgiveness, Heavenly Father. I need you to show me what I should do because I need to stop what I've been doing. That's not correct. And when the angel of the Lord answered and said, you know, to God, you know, how long is this gonna last? You know. Is, you know, you, you know, against which you were angry these seventy years, and God starts to say, "I am zealous for the people." When somebody's saying, "You, know, I'm zealous for them," you know, God loves them. God wants them to, to go forward and prosper. He wants them to live the full lives that they were intended to live. But then he also lets us know that he goes, I'm exceedingly angry with the nations at ease. For I was a little angry. A little angry, he said. Right? A little. Could you imagine if he said I was a lot angry or big angry or tremendously huge angry? But he was a little angry. And they help but with evil intent. Meaning that during the time that God was zealous for Jerusalem and he had this great zeal for Zion and what was to come of those generations and those communities. And even though those communities were among some of the other nations, like the heathen nations, those who were not believers, who didn't follow God, who worshiped other um, idols, even though he allowed... Babylonians to take over and have full control because he wanted his people to turn back to him. When he did see that they were going beyond the intentions that God had for his people to get the wake-up call, it didn't mean that God couldn't stop them. It just meant that he used those nations to punish his sinful people. Because when God pinpoints, my friends, that we're sinning and we're his children and he loves us, he fights for our battles, he protects us, he's our father who's there by our side, and we're not doing the right thing, he's going to allow something to happen to get a hold of us. We've spoken about this in some of the other chapters in the Bible. And here he's saying, as much as uh, those nations helped him fulfill what he wanted to fulfill, to get his children to wake up and smell the coffee and get back on track to where they needed to be, he knew that they had bad intentions, And it wasn't that he was powerless to stop them. God is never powerless. God has all power. But the problem is that when the nations went beyond God's plans, his plans, by trying to destroy Israel as a nation, then God intervened. So, God allowed these things to happen to the people of Israel. He knew that if they went into captivity, they would wake up. They would stop doing what they were doing. They would turn back to him. They would cry out to him. they would surrender everything back to him and let go of things that they started to do that were not of God. But then God also realized, wait, I'm allowing this to happen But the people that I'm allowing to do this, they are now going beyond what I have wanted them to do against my children, against Israel. And when God saw that Israel was then now being destroyed as a nation, God stepped in and said, Enough is enough. I've allowed you to do all this, but I'm not going to allow you to do any more. The buck stops here, right? And because God's alternative, his, his main focus, his main motive, his main idea, his main plan was to make sure that he could preserve that nation And that nation would not disappear. But that it would still exist and be on the land and not be destroyed. So my friend, God does, does that also for you and me. He will intervene in places that we have felt oppressed Or we're in situations like, well, why am I still in this job? I've tried to apply for 100 jobs. No one else wants to hire me. And you feel like you're oppressed in that job or you're depressed in that job. Or you just feel you're not moving forward in that job. You're never getting promoted in that job. And you say to yourself, man, I just feel like a slave in this job. I feel like I don't go forward. I feel like I'm stuck. Well, sometimes, my friends, God has us in what we feel is a captivity of a job because he wants us to be the beacon of light there as well as he has us doing a transition time. And he looks at us and says, what is your attitude going to be like? And if you stay focused, my friends, and you surrender to God and you have this relationship with God and you stay focused on what you're supposed to be doing on behalf of God, if God sees then that your boss is taking advantage of you, is not paying you correctly, is not giving you the days you need to work, is not allowing you to go home and take care of your child, is not allowing you to take a lunch break, then God is gonna come and intervene and say, sorry, Mr. Boss, Mrs. Boss, I'm no longer gonna allow you to do this to my child who has been sitting here day after day, honoring me, praising me, standing strong no matter how bad this job might be for them. And then God will take you And he'll elevate you somewhere else. He'll elevate you whether it's within that same company that you didn't expect. That all of a sudden somebody comes and says, Hey, I think you'd be great for this other position in another department, in another building. Or that now you keep reapplying for jobs and then all of a sudden, God just gives you a great job, a new job. See, because my friends, God always wants his children to turn back to him and another scenario would be you're in this job you feel oppressed you feel a captive you feel you're not you're stuck you're not going forward and instead of then having a good attitude about things and believing in god and trusting him and being grateful for a job that you have because let me tell you a lot of people lost their jobs during the pandemic And you're still getting some type of paycheck, and you're grateful. Instead of that, now you become bitter. You don't do your job well, or you lack in your job, or you become lazy in your job, or you don't work hard like you used to. And all of a sudden, you know, now you're like stealing from the company. You're taking supplies home, you're taking paper home, you know, you're taking pens home. You're taking the leftover cookies, the leftover donuts. Whatever it is that's in the job, that is not yours. God will also look at that and say, what are you doing? That attitude will even leave you longer in that captivity. So I'm just giving you some examples here because when we speak about God's word, I also want you to know that I give, I try to give simple examples of everyday life situations. <laughs> right? And then... It says here in verse 16, therefore, thus says the Lord, I am returning to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts, and a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. So, what does this mean? He's saying he is returning to Jerusalem with mercy. See, because God will always give us his mercy, my friends. And he's saying, my house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts. And a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. You know, when I think about a surveyor's line, a surveyor is someone, if we want to look at job description, a surveyor is someone who comes and um, does dimensions on land if you ever go to buy a house they do uh in, in the title search of making sure that there's no liens or anything against the house or that you know the pr- parameter of the house is the correct parameter and you're not like over over the line onto someone else's you know you didn't grow bushes over the line of where your land technically ends of what you purchase and now you're growing bushes or a little bit over like your neighbor's land uh it's, you know that's considered like an encroachment or that you were not short change with your own line and now your neighbor's done that to you he's taking like another ten feet or another five feet. You know, of grass area that really is yours. That's just an example. So when I think of surveyor, when God says, And a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. That means he's doing the plans, the blueprint, the sketch accordingly to what he wants to preserve. And the surveyor line also represents boundaries, Right? So he says, "I am returning to Jerusalem with mercy." So God's gonna give, returning with mercy, and His house shall be in it, and a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. It's almost like God is gonna put this surveyor line around Jerusalem and protect it. He's going to give them mercy, right? He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna put a mark there, because when God loves us he wants us to be preserved and he places boundaries on us my friends okay and then it says again proclaim saying thus says the lord of hosts my city shall again spread out through prosperity the lord will again comfort zion and will again choose jerusalem so what is happening here you know even in times of discouragement and despair, my friends, God is working out his plan. God protects and guides us. We must trust him and follow him. And you know, through these visions that Zechariah was being given and these conversations that he was having, these visions really, my friends, gave the people hope as he shared these visions. Um, He told the people, you know, about these visions and dreams and how it applied to them. And today we read these visions and dreams and we apply it to us. Because my friend, God is also the surveyor of our lives. He is placing us on a blueprint of where he wants us to be. And he sets boundaries that help us. Because boundaries are good my friends. Boundaries protect us as well as protect others. And when you think of God doing the surveyor line. It should be stretched out over Jerusalem. He's doing This perfect plan, layout plan, a blueprint plan for your life, for my life, for our community, for our generations. And he claims it with these beautiful, good, and comforting words. And he says, the city shall again spread out through prosperity. That is a promise Of how he's lining up his plan through surveyorship. And at the same time, he's going to make sure that people prosper. That those cities prosper again. Because my friends, you might be in captivity for a while and you might feel stuck and you might feel like, you know, there's no way out or that nothing's ever going to change or it's never going to improve. But I'm here to tell you that your heavenly father will show you mercy. He shows us mercy every day. And not only will he show us mercy, but In this city, in this situation of what's happening, he will allow you, again, to spread out through prosperity. I always tell people, everything is not permanent. Many things are temporary. A lot of times, again, as we speak about timelines, you know, we we say, wow, wow. Two years from now, wow, that's a long time. But it really isn't. Two years goes by fast. I've been living now in California. It's going on six years. I feel it's flown. Like it went by real fast. So, 70 years for anyone who was in captivity. That time is over now. That time is almost done. So my friends, whether you feel you've been in captivity in your own circumstance of everyday life situations and you feel you've been there a long time, ask yourself while I've been stuck in this job, while I'm still where I'm at in an apartment, let's say, or in a home, in a place, wherever it might be, ask yourself, did you have a good attitude about the fact that you even had those things? Did you perspectively see it a different way? Were you in gratitude of it? Sometimes we know that we're in gratitude, but it's still happening to us. We're being, you know, oppressed at the job. We're being, you know, not treated well. But our attitudes and believing and trusting in the Lord, because His mercy is so great towards us, is that He will give us comfort, my friends. He will give us comfort. And we will come out of captivity in freedom moving forward to the prosperous life that he wants us to have. You know, there's been many times in my life when people have said to me, oh, and to me, you you are always like, you never like have um, an abundance of money. Like you never have an an overflow. You, You always just have enough for everything you need. And I always tell people, Because I'm blessed. I'm blessed where God has me. And my attitude toward what I have is is an attitude of gratitude (laughs) to my Heavenly Father because He sustains me. And He always provides. So my friends, I just wanted to leave you with this word. This word is very powerful. I mean, as we're going to continue to read in the book of Zechariah, there's so much that we're going to learn here and how we can apply it to our lives. These are times of encouragement, my friends. Stay encouraged. Have hope. And know that God is working out the plan in your life and that he is protecting you and guiding you. And you must trust him and you must follow him. This is what we should be doing. So my friends, it has truly been a pleasure sharing the word of God with you today. Continue to stay encouraged, continue to stand strong in the Lord and continue to pray for yourself and others Pray for the situation at hand that is being faced over on the other countries. And um, always remember that whatever is happening somewhere else could possibly happen one day here too. But with God's word, we stay grounded and he prepares us. Have a fantastic rest of your weekend. And I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you next week, where we will rise and shine with the Word of God, wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you.
0: Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning, in this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's Word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the Word of God. The Word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.